Greetings and welcome back everyone to Enter the Apex, the podcast all about Apex Legends. I'm Garrett Weinsroll, here as always with Kyle Ferguson, and we're coming to you a little bit later in the week than usual, but that's okay because, thank God, we have news now to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing we wanted to do on a Monday, no less, was fire up a show and go, those things we talked about last week haven't been fixed, Uh, let's take some emails. Right, right. Like completely honest with you, sausage, the way the sausage is made. We looked at this and we were like, we've got news about cheaters being banned, which is good news. Uh, servers being down all of Sunday, which is bad news. And then EA stock, which is nothing but horrible news. Yeah, um, yeah. Video yeah. game stock in general is a pretty big bummer topic right now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would have talked about my noob queue kind of losing its luster. Because I'm I'm sick of people leaving. Uh, you know, it, it's all fun and games to lifeline solo hide out in array until the end of the game and get second place. But I'm I'm sick of being alone. And I just want to keep fighting you on Noob Q. It doesn't exist. You're a crazy person. And it does exist. I streamed no. it. No, Sunday. it doesn't. Sunday night. No, no, no. <laughs> I got a I got a VOD right here. Multiple times in the VOD, I call for Garrett Wines Earl. To watch this pod and see the things I see. Dude, I, I still look at this morning. I was in multiple games in a row where, like, the champion had three kills. And then I got one where it's like 3,000 kills. And it's just like, I think it's just, I think it's just random, man. I, I, maybe, maybe it's just the solo queue. Maybe that's it. There's, maybe there, there's it is. A- I will tell you this. Like, I haven't solo queued in a while. Uh, and this morning I was just like, Get in there and then my friends around. Let me do it. I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. It was some of the worst experiences <laughs> I've ever had. Just people intentionally dropping at the farthest corner of the map, even though you went to Market or you went to Skull Town or you went to Cascades. They just, well, you got like, it's just like this trolley sh- bullshit and it's driving me nuts. Stop doing it. And levers everywhere, dude. Just, yeah. Ah. It's such a shame because that's the most exciting part of the game for me is when somebody goes down and you have this permission to go wild. You're always maintaining cover, not walking out in the open, listening closely. But the second an ally goes down, you go, all right, either this is going to be a 2v3 for the rest of the game or we get real crazy right now and see if we can cook something awesome up. And instead, they just they just take off. And it's and it's disappointment incarnate. And you're right about the the solo droppers. I don't I, I don't know what they're hoping to accomplish. I think they want all the loot for themselves. Maybe it's a mirage thing. At least that's my like odd tradition that's happened. Maybe they think they. Oh my they god! It was a mirage. It was a mirage in all my games too. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like they have a stealth. You know, they have an alt. So maybe they just think that they'll get horribly, awesomely looted by the time they match up with you, and all those illusions along the way will guard them home. Uh, maybe the role playing uh, the d bag character that Mirage is. Maybe because that, that if be. you do that, you're a d bag. That's fair. It's it's very strange, man. I uh, so I, I agree with everything you've been saying about solo queue, with, except for uh, that it's it is like a noob queue. I still don't think it exists. Um, but everything else you've been talking about, man. Like this morning, I played quite a few games, and it was a really poor experience. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's. It's it's a three v three v three v three game. It's it's a squad game. It needs that squad. There aren't lanes and XP and all these like manufactured objectives and things along the way that bring people together. I mean, I would it argue is- it needs a studio to develop deterrence for playing like a total idiot. Well, there is jerk. a report on Xbox alone 
which is interesting. You can report levers only on Xbox. All right. Can we get that in these other games or other but platforms? I don't, I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, it, it is interesting. It's an interesting fact of the game that they perhaps might need to construct things like drops. You know, it, it's laser beam shooting up in the sky. Everyone goes, "Ooh, I want what's in the box," and it brings people together, and it and it causes fights, and it causes things and now i've just immediately got to break what i'm saying and say what the heck is the red zone in PUBG? the red zone oh red zone that shows up randomly all the time oh that's when the when you get bombarded by bombs from the sky oh perfect okay cool perfectly explained to me by the mobile app i played last night okay oh you played on the oh okay so i know why because we just got news yesterday that apex legends they are working on a mobile version exactly and i tried to get fortnite but i have an android and maybe I have a special kind of Android, my Google Fi phone. It would not work there. It, it simply wasn't supported. So I couldn't play Fortnite mobile. Ah. I tried PUBG mobile. Okay. Well, uh, you, you played the better game. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. My original point there being that maybe in a solo queue environment, there is there needs to be something that brings people together so that the, the, the patience isn't the strategy of the hour because this game does take a lot of patience. And if not patience, then an autopilot of playing so much that you realize how dangerous it is to run across an open field. And having now played at least the mobile version of PUBG, maybe Apex is a little unique compared to Fortnite and PUBG because there is a lot of cover. And in PUBG... There are vast open fields of nothing. It's like a it's like a civil war battlefield. Everyone chose to show up in a very flat space on a summer day because otherwise the armies couldn't find each other. It's because there's no radios yet. It's uh it's part of what I really like about that game and the way that the zone um can screw you in ways beyond just killing you because you got caught by the zone. The zone can also push you in directions that you do not want to go because that is a death box and that is an open field. And uh, the sniping game is, is is much more regular and frequent in, in PUBG. The circle also is a lot faster, I think, because it gives you vehicles and says, yes, F you scrub for not finding a vehicle yet. Yes, absolutely. And it's another and 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 that there's a cool push and pull in PUBG as well because of how massive the map is, taking a vehicle and the and the sound that it creates uh, gives your position away, much the same way shooting would, but you hmm. in certain cases re- are required to utilize a vehicle to just get where you're going without dying to the zone. Uh which I really like about that. I I like the ebb and flow of silent and then insanity uh that comes with PUBG. Uh but I just prefer the way Apex plays. It's just a well, really satisfying game to play. The, the way mobility works, the way you get this kind of kit on your character. So, like, you know, even if you don't find a weapon, there's still something you can do. Uh, I, I really like in Apex. It's, uh, but, but there's still something about PUBG, even though I haven't played in quite a while. I gotta say, really getting the itch to uh, to kind of revisit it. Um, uh, there's a lot about PUBG I still really enjoy. So, uh, but I've never been a mobile player of these, of these games, but I find that I am fascinated by the existence of mobile versions of these games. Um, sure. and, uh, while I am, again, I've never been a big mobile gamer period, even, even with a game like Hearthstone, which plays just fine on mobile, 
you're not really missing out on anything when you play Hearthstone on mobile. Yeah. I, I would disagree, but you know, it, that's because okay. I, I, I don't have good finger aim, perhaps, and I don't <laughs> like deck construction. Uh, fair, fair. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, misclicks are a lot more prominent, but but overall, the 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 difference in quality from Hearthstone PC to Hearthstone Mobile minor compared to right. trying to control a shooter on your phone versus trying to control your shooter with a mouse and keyboard. Um, but at, at the same time, uh, I look at it. You know, I look at PUBG, I look at Fortnite Mobile, and and I, I instantly in my brain I just go, oh yeah, I'm not interested in it because of my age, because of where I am in life. You know, I can just play games at home. I, I don't have to spend half my day at school. Um, also because of you know what I do for a living, I, you know, my game time is is more accessible during all hours of the day, depending on how I kind of craft my schedule for the day, right? Um, but. I could totally see myself if I was in grade school, if I was in high school, I would be playing the crap out of these games on my phone because I'd have nothing better to do at lunch. This would have blown my mind <laughs> if sure, I was younger. Sure. It's what you have access to while you're around Wi-Fi mm-hmm. or even just a cellular connection. If we're talking across the world, might be more available than a straight up, you know, Ethernet plug-in for a desktop that you have to set up and take up space in a room and all this sort of thing. You know, there are there are a lot of advantages playing on a phone and i was instantly really good at it which was kind of funny because of my experience playing shooters in n64 like honestly consoles will make you really good at mobile shooters because it's all about framing in the general direction of the thing and then walking back and forth locked onto that thing until it lines up with the thing you're trying to aim at um, are you sure you weren't good because you uh, have you yet have you actually played against real people yet? Because when you when you start PUBG Mobile, your first few games are against bots. Then I had I had teammates that were real people. Then I believe so. I believe that's Did the it way make it works. Up fake bot names I that believe, were also in foreign languages. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because the I honestly don't know. Okay, yeah, because your first few games are against bots. All I know is that I was in my underwear and everyone else was dressed. <laughs> but wasn't that a, I mean, that's your choice, isn't it? I don't think you load into the game in your underwear. I think you have to take your clothes off on purpose. No, I, I definitely didn't have any clothes. Oh, okay. All right, fair. Maybe I, Maybe I was supposed to buy a skin pack or open my first loot box or something. I mean, I, <laughs> they definitely like give you any, clothes. They definitely give you clothes to start off with. <laughs> no clothes, man. No clothes. I gave. I, I called myself Gerald. I gave myself white hair and a, and a face beard. Like you know, I <laughs> I ran in there and did my best. And I got wait, four kills. Wait, you named your PUBG character after Gerald of River? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's great. So you are uh, Gerald running around in whitey tidy shooting people with an M16. I very quickly killed a guy who had a trench coat and a helmet, and I took those things. And then, you know, then I, I ran as fast as I could, but you can't run out the blue. I, was, I guess I was supposed to get a car and I died. Mm. But I, I totally see the appeal. I mean, we're definitely we're talking. Let's be honest here. We're, we're talking nebulously. We're talking even down to this because we do have access to a superior version of these games. And to lose that much accuracy is insane. It, it's, it's very interesting, though, to me that I tweeted out that I was trying out PUBG Mobile to talk about what a mobile shooter is like on the upcoming Apex. And the first response I got was, oh, sorry. Oh, that, that's rough. <laughs> Why'd you put yourself through that kind of business? And we do have a very, very strong stigma 
against mobile, even though I think we all accept that it, as children, foreign countries, whatever it may be, that your you know life is better supported on a phone for gaming. That is a perfectly fine device for it. it also, I would I would say that uh, people that are following us are most likely PC gamers and are going to true. have a very strong bias against mobile games. Coming from a podcasting background of strategy RTS and MOBAs, we're a little locked into computer. Yes. I, I'm not the type of person to instantly just dump on mobile. For me, it's just not for me because I have a PC and I work from yeah. home. I well, and and I, I tried Vanglory as well because I was ah. curious what a, a MOBA would look like in this sort of mobile setting. And it was, it, was, it was okay. You have your two little sort of radial discs that you're using to move. Kind of, You have the Batman problem, except for it's not Batman. It's your freaking thumbs that are taking up half the screen. And you're like, oh, God, can't I get these things out of the way? It's like people are like, I love my new tablet. And they're drawing on I'm like, your hand is in the way. I, I would rather have a tablet on a computer where my hand magically disappears. My big, my big man hands were getting in the way. It was awful. But I know the accuracy I have with a mouse and keyboard. And that, as a better player of MOBAs, drove me way more nuts. I was way more accepting of a shooter where I have less skills. Hmm. Okay. I can I can follow all that, man. But uh, yeah, I just I think this is good. It's good for Apex in the long run, right? Yes, it is, and it's going into foreign markets where this will be perhaps a more lucrative way to play the game and increase exposure. And I do wonder how many people play something like Fortnite Mobile. Go, oh yeah, okay, neat. Why don't I try this for real Z's? You know, why don't I? load up uh, it on my Xbox that takes a bigger install or more of an inv- investment. Why don't I try this on computer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because whether you like mobile games or not, it's, it's, it's more or less proven that this is a successful or a smart move for a lot of games right now. Uh, like this, especially the Battle Royale genre. We, we've we've yeah. seen it work for Fortnite. We've seen it work for PUBG. So, it's... Uh, it's just the kind of thing I look at like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Frankly, I uh, I thought we would have heard this news a lot sooner. Uh, although now, in hindsight, knowing that the speed at which Apex Legends is is moving, uh, now it makes sense. <laughs> this is about the speed at which I would expect to get this now, knowing what I know now. And that conversation hasn't stopped. It's been ongoing daily for basically a month now uh, in, in, in pure light of everybody. But it's interesting how even from last week, our conversation has continued to evolve to point out more studios that are having crunch issues that are overworked. And now it's even spread into streaming, which is a fascinating aspect of it, that we've all made our own bed here expecting. I'm not going to say that anyone's you know privileged or being a brat about it. That's, that's ridiculous. We, if you have a banana every day, you're going to expect a banana every day. And when you get no banana, you go, what gives? And your body's come be like oh fiber like it just happens it's natural <laughs> it's a good way to, it's a good way to put it i mean the the, the the conversation about burnout and streaming or just content creation in general it, it comes and goes i yeah. feel fairly regularly uh, but now it seems to be getting also uh batched in with this conversation around crunch which i think makes a lot of sense to me uh, absolutely the if gamers 
who stream are there every day. And if they're not there every day, they're losing money. So they want to maintain those long hours, burnout hits. They end up game jumping between things. I think it's fascinating what someone like Dr. Disrespect is doing right now in that he plays, he does like the 3-3-3 the challenge or maybe it's a 2-2-2 challenge. Either way, he game jumps. And once he gets two, three victories, he moves on to the next one. And it's a it's a brilliant idea in order to entertain yourself, but it definitely shows how sticking to one game is just taxing. Well, it it all it it all feeds into the same challenge uh, that I think the game industry is facing. You know, it, it, uh, most streamers build their personal brand on the back of a single game, off of maining a game, and that ties into this cycle of crunch, this cycle of constant iteration and new features uh, that is now coming out into the public that it's a real problem for the gaming industry. And it all perpetuates itself. Uh, to, and, and even whether if you're not a streamer or whatever, I find a lot of just players tend to main games. But for me, uh, personally, like I look back on it and I'm like, I find uh, most games difficult to main. Uh, I don't think anything's been as mainable as World of Warcraft was back in its heyday. Mm. Uh, everything else, I look at it like, oh, this, this, there's not enough here to, to, for me to want to main a game as, as much as I did that game back then. Um, and I, and, and, and so, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like in a perfect world, it would be nice if we didn't expect streamers to stream 12 hours a day, right? Like if it, beca- if it became more of the norm that you're streaming, that your, your favorite streamers are three, six hour day, four days a week, maybe five days a week uh, batches. And that games were maybe more at Apex Legends speed in terms of their updates and less like Fortnite because it doesn't seem like it is sustainable at least not for the if you want to have a good quality of life for your developers right it's fascinating that esports is also tied into this i think so many streamers would love a more tonight show kind of schedule where you prep all day you do an hour bam you're done people record it they watch it later they don't need you live interaction has definitely influenced that and esports for a casual audience is tough because it goes eight hours a day. Even tri- Twitch rivals, I was like, oh, neat. Twitch produces its own uh, Apex Legends content. Let's, oh my God, it's eight hours. It's it's a big investment for sure. Uh, I mean, there's the, the, then we get into a, a larger discussion just about the general split in in content creation, right? I th- you have, uh, for most people, it's are you a streamer or are you like a YouTuber, right? And then there's us on the on the fringe. I feel like we're like, if it was Star Wars, we're out in the... Uh, <laughs> Um, hey, we have an important spot. People have busy hands and busy eyeballs. You got to operate that car. You got to do that data entry. I'm glad we're here for you. Right. But we're, we're on the outer rim, I think. Um, but there's, there's, for most people, I think there's that divide unless unless you're really big and you can like afford to have an editor. And it's like, well, I'm going to stream and then you're going to edit and make shorter digestible YouTube content for my YouTube audience. But for most people, it's one or the other. Right. Yeah. Um. And so I don't necessarily like a lot of times I don't think produce content takes any less time than streaming. At the end of the day, you kind of it's very close to, I think, the same amount of time invested. Definitely. Oh, I agree. I, I think that there is a different level of burnout with prep work that can subside 
that incoming feeling of crunch. But you're absolutely right. Time investment is nearly the same. And that goes into our other topic here, which is the one we're sort of dancing around because we don't want to just, you know, beat the dead horse. But Apex is coming up in all of these conversations because they pledge to be slow. And that is fascinating. We This game is the example to what developers can do and can be and could be willing to say to their audiences. The problem is we all want our bananas now. Right. And, and, and what I, as a fan of this game, am sitting here hoping for is for this to be... E- <clears throat> EA uh, has multiple image problems right now. Yes. The one I would like to focus on because it supports my argument <laughs> is uh, the one that they do not give a crap and pull devs off of certain games to just throw them at a different game because whatever, it failed, let's move on instead of trying to fix what didn't work. Right. Uh, case in point, Anthem. Which it looks like it happened in the past during its development and it looks like it's happening again now post-launch. Not only that, but they have, we have a new tool for investment and it's called the Roadmap. And that is your way, not only in in words and Reddit posts and community managers to maintain your audience and keep their investment high. You say, here are the dates of the things when they're going to come out. And those are new types of promises that gamers have been given. And now those promises are getting broken left by and left and right by all these different games. When a roadmap was a uh, a new form, it was the it was the uh, oh well, we're, well we'll do a date night and we're like well you've broken dates in the past and the roadmap was the new but I love you and now they're breaking the I love you part. <laughs> I mean, Apex didn't give specific dates in their roadmap, did they? Or I guess they did. But oh, but that's for season two. So season two is coming up rapidly according to their roadmap. Right. And that's where I think the, the conversation is against and for Apex at the same time. They were very smart that they made the choice to put it as a season-based content role. And they have broken no promises. The elephant in the room here, though, is that we hear plans for mobile. We say fix your game. And we feel like it's falling on deaf ears. Why, why, why expand when we need to focus? Yeah. Plus, I'm still looking at season one being like, where's that new weapon? It's in Bloodhound's hands. He's, he's standing there in the picture with it. It's not in the game. <laughs> and that didn't come in with season one. That's been in the, that picture. It's been in the game since it launched. Have you, have you played enough Bloodhound? Maybe it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Just for him. Uh, it's, 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 it's not. It's it's just not. Um, so that's the other thing, too, is that while they didn't specifically state when a new weapon would be coming during season one, uh, season two is supposed to land in June or in May. Where's that new weapon? We don't know. Yeah. And then uh, also my, my, my gripes that, uh, you know, I would also it wasn't said in here, but I would expect changes and features uh, or, or uh, just quality of life improvements that you add to your game during this bit would be uh, they would work as intended and if they didn't they would be 
fixed in a timely fashion, which looking at you, uh, issues with the <laughs> damage reduction on our, our thick boys that is still broken in game and hasn't been addressed. Right. There was also the lag, the sound issues we're hearing across. I, I see them mostly from PS4 users, but sounds a little important in this game and being able to locate enemies. Yeah. Uh, which is another reason I really want you to try PUBG because the way that sound direction in that game works is, I think, vastly superior to Apex Legends. Well, it, it alerts you on the mini-map. Is that what you're talking about? No, just the direction of footsteps. You can actually tell where they're coming from as opposed to Apex oh. Legends. Half the damn time, it's like, oh, it's my teammate, and it sounds like they're to my left, but they're actually in front of me. I have shot many a teammate. It does feel like someone put a bucket on your head and they just take two spoons and just... <laughs> sometimes. It's sometimes, like, wait, yeah. what? where? Yeah. The only sound in the game that gives me real information as to where someone is is the sound of someone on the roof of market. <laughs> that's the only time where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can tell someone's above me. Now, um, I would say that's memorization because I feel the same way about artillery. Artillery, I have mapped out of my head and I have a general knowledge of an echo from downstairs and what that means. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little extreme here. Uh, yeah, there's other places. That, a vertical sound seems to work very well in Apex, but uh, like being on the same plane and getting trying to get direction from that doesn't work very well in Apex, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, but whatever the case is, it's still a big conversation. It's interesting with Apex, uh, but they... they They've done nothing in the you know past week to kind of instill any more faith in their ability to execute on the quality they seem to be preaching. Right. And it, it doesn't really matter to this conversation whether or not developers for Apex Legends on consoles and PC moves anybody over to mobile. That's not really the conversation we're having. It's just the the cadence of things and where the priorities lie for a company, which is in mobile. And we're going to reach this next E3. We're going to reach BlizzCon this year. And we're all in for, it's not even a rude awakening anymore. You've already, you fell asleep again because there wasn't a game you wanted. And now they're going to wake you up again and be like, Hey, mobile's coming. You're going to go, please let me sleep. Yeah. Well, we also have, I mean, we have EA play coming up June 8th and 9th, the big EA event. Uh, happening at the Hollywood Palladium. That's right, yeah. Which I would imagine, because it's in June and I uh, at the speed Apex is going, I would not expect Season 2 to just drop as soon as we get into June. I think we're probably going to get an announcement about Season 2 there. And we're going to see some flashy things. I expect that to come with the map, the character, the weapon, all in one big celebratory pile. A second map would go a very long way. I feel uh, with this particular game to kind of uh, qu quelling uh, any issues with burnout. Um, because when you have a game like this, I can tell you that certainly seemed the case with me uh, when PUBG got its its uh, its second map. But I know a lot of players at the time were just like, "Oh, I can't stand it." But but over time, um, for me, it it added a lot to that game. It added a huge amount of diversity because this is a game. In the case of Apex and and back in the day with PUBG, these were games where for a very long time, we were all playing on only one map. You add a second one and suddenly there's twice as much variance in your gameplay. Well, in particular, that King's Canyon is a really unique style of Battle Royale map. It's got multiple biodomes. They all tend around the same thing. You got your markets and your skull towns that 
can cause these really tight claustrophobic fights. But in terms of big open areas, you are at a pretty big detriment. Yet that is what you find in something like PUBG constantly. Granted, vehicles and things like that help you traverse those areas. It'd be great to see what a smaller, tighter, more layered Apex Legend map would be, particularly with no fall damage. It'd be a lot of fun. And what that's would what, be a more open field? That's, that, I was about to say, it's funny that you're, you're saying for a, a smaller, tighter, whereas I'm going like, I want bigger, more wide open, you know, more traditional, what I think of when I think of things like PUBG. I, I want yeah. big open spaces. I want, I want a sniper map. I think that that'd be good. That'd be fine. Yeah, because I'd like other ways to traverse. I think the the rocket boost up the 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 tube, the rope, the to the balloon would be get shot in a, in more open areas. It already gets you in quite a bit of danger. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'd like to see some kind of something similar to the jump pad from Octane, but that just in, like kind of shoots you up with the jetpack, so you can kind of arc your jetpack. You get yeah. upward momentum, but you're already in jetpack mode, and you have some. Uh, control over where you're going i mean even a anime runner launcher would be a lot of fun anime runner launcher like you know like a like a like the hulk the roller coaster you, you load up into a thing and like then you, oh. and you launch yeah. off with some sort of bonus speed kind of more or less what i'm talking about yeah yeah i'd like to see something like that um you're right because yeah if we had a more open <laughs> open map those would be supremely dangerous yeah you could also, I guess, kind of place them strategically where maybe they have a little more cover than usual. Right. You've got to build a, a railway system with them so that you can get around the map while increasing the size of it. Yeah. And heck, while we're at it, more players, less players on certain maps, solo queue, duo queue, all those things that people would love to have. Yep. But anyways, another news since we last spoke, we, we did have the news come out about just how many cheaters have been banned. Uh, turns out 770,000 cheaters have been banned. That's a couple. That's, yeah, it's quite a few. Uh, Drew McCoy posted an update about kind of the state of, of the actions they've been taking against cheaters. Uh, that's where that figure came from. They also announced that they had blocked over 300,000 account creations. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to hear. That yeah. uh, the cheaters aren't, aren't, aren't uh, being overly successful with just re-entering the game. They're just starting a new account and getting back into doing the same thing again. And then they're also going after cheat seller accounts or spammers. Um, over 4,000 accounts uh, have been banned for that offense just in the last 20 days, according to, according to Respawn. So I, I, I really like that. They said overall that uh, total matches on PC impacted by cheaters or spammers has been reduced by over half in the last month. It's really, that's good. I mean, it's nothing but good to hear that, that they're being successful and I have not been encountering more cheaters, which should, you should probably be able to tell just by my complaints at the top of the show. It was about just people being jerks and leaving and solo dropping, and just being all around trolls uh, versus uh, cheaters. Yeah, I, the cheater thing is hugely fixed in my own experience. The real, the best thing they've done to the game outside of stopping the cheaters was increase the speed of the dropship. That is just huge for actually spreading people out. And now that we've gotten rid of the cheaters, we don't all launch in one big pile. Cheaters take out all but two parties. And then we wander around randomly until, you know, time brings us together. I think that these two changes together made a much healthier game. Absolutely. Uh, the, I'm with you. The, the, the dropship speed increases. I think the best update that's come to the game. Yeah. 
Now, uh, let's work on uh, punishing levers. <laughs> well, you, you've, I think that's fair. You have, I, I, I would argue, uh, Respawn, you have successfully dealt with the worst uh, offenders uh, in this game. Let, let's move on to the more nuanced offenses like leaving games. One could say that those people desire solo queue, though, and we might be able to facilitate their needs with another game mode. Yeah, but... What about a balloon-popping game? What? Yeah, you know, you go down, and balloons start floating up, and you pop the balloons. What if they're just bored, Garrett? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Sure, sure. My, My brain went to more topical concerns of adding a new game mode if the headlines of the downturn of this game are true uh well yes yeah because then you're dividing the player base you're having yes. matchmaking problems and yeah or yeah. match population problems i should say matchmaking not exactly a thing no no, no. it's still getting in the game super quick um it's it's just how how many players are currently taking a break is my yeah. question and if you were to add a second game mode would it bring people back or would it divide the player base um I can't imagine that a game like this has lost that many players, though. Because you and I, uh, the other game-specific show we do is about a game called Heroes of the Storm, which is a very small population by comparison. I think for now, Apex services the needs of old Halo players or people who enjoy this more refined, would even say realistic kind of shooter experience i think the apex legend killer on the horizon population wise and for a time could be halo on pc what i'm sorry i lost that train of thought what about halo just that the people who enjoy apex i find also enjoy halo oh and yeah halo shooter fans but- do not enjoy PUBG, fortnite kind of game styles hmm it's clunky. The third person's weird. It, it's uh, a different type of aggression. Yeah, but PUBG and Fortnite are very different in the way that they play. Sure. Uh, but the, it, I mean, you have, you have, I, I, you're not wrong. I think there's a lot of people who, who loved Halo that found themselves coming to Apex and maybe finding their, their, themselves enjoying a, a, a battle royale for the first time. At the same time, there's plenty of players who came to it as Battle Royale fans already. Uh, I count myself among those. I do like Halo. One of my favorite games ever. Uh, but I was more of a campaign fan. I did play. I did spend a lot of time playing multiplayer with my friends. But once it kind of jumped online, I didn't play online Halo all that much. And now it seems archaic to me. Yeah. So when when Halo hit the PC, you know, if, if I'm feeling a little burnt out on Apex Legends, I don't see myself making the jump into halo online pvp no no it but that that to me is also just like a tradition that's a that's a muscle man competition it can't be done online that was about time and place and college and friends showing up randomly in each other's dorm rooms and being like let's connect the xboxes and oh my god are you really that amazing kid from new mexico yes i am (laughs) (laughs) smash brothers is very much the same thing for me exactly i who am I dueling? Why? There's no story here to me. I do not desire to go online with Super Smash Bros. 
Right. Exactly. So, so Smash has kind of played out for me in the same way Halo multiplayer has because of just how much my life has changed. Yeah, that's interesting. Those games I, I, were big for me. I feel like a lot of that's just our own faults because those glory days were so glorious. Like, I mean, Unreal Tournament, uh, StarCraft LAN parties, Counter-Strike was like that for me as well. StarCraft made the jump for me, obviously, because StarCraft 2 just so... It just lived online and also yeah. didn't allow you to land. <laughs> but yeah, whatever the case, um, somehow we ended up here when talking about cheaters. Good on you, Reese. So, that's yeah, <laughs> great. Great job. Like it. Yep. Yep. Uh, servers were down Sunday. Got nothing to say about that. EA stock is down to the surprise of no one. <laughs> uh, let's take an email or two. If you want to write in, be it a part of the show. Sunday. <laughs> it was Sunday. EA. Yep. Yep. Kind of an important day. Yep. If you have, anyways, uh, if you want to write into the show, it's amovetv at gmail.com, or you can join the Amove Discord and drop some questions in there by going to bit.ly slash Amove Discord. Murray writes in and says, Hey guys, big fan of the end of the Apex podcast and Apex Legends itself. Before that, I dumped endless hours of play into Titanfall, probably my favorite game ever. Wow. And, uh, and Titanfall 2. I have a comment about your discussion on the L-Star. This is quite a ways back. If you look at the cover of the game, Bloodhound is actually holding an L-Star. It would be very much in the respawn fashion to put it there and then release the gun later. So I think we'll be definitely be seeing it later on. Secondly, you guys mentioned the data mined proto-hold beam weapon. Immediately, the charge rifle comes to mind. The charge rifle was a fantastic anti-Titan weapon in both Titanfalls that also... Uh, did great damage to pilots, which if you didn't play Titanfall, was your player character when you're not in uh, a Titan, you're just a traditional shooter dude, uh, and was extremely accurate even over long distances. I used it quite a bit, and I think it would make a great addition to the game. Keep doing what you guys do, and I'll keep tuning in to every episode. Thanks for everything, Marty. Uh, yeah, the charge rifle was great and was like complete YouTube highlight reel fodder because we were better more efficient guns to win a pilot versus pilot shootout but the the the, the charge rifle had this wind up kind of like well no because that doesn't have a wind up the if you get the the sniper add-on for the havoc mm. there's no wind up on it it just fires yeah um but, but this is wind up on the charge rifle like this delay kind of like the spartan laser in halo um that that makes oh, you're talking like the heavy minigun from Team Fortress. No, not at all. Some sort of like, and then we reach maximum spinach. No, because that's fully automatic. This is a single shot. So you 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 hit the trigger, hold it, charges up, and then goes like a single shot oh, goes out. Like Eraser, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I don't remember that movie at all, so How I can't. Can you not I can't, remember uh, it, dude? It's I, a, it's. Fabulous. Of all the <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, uh, Eraser and Commando are the two I've only seen once. All right. Well, one he pets a deer, and the other they shoot like rebarb through walls. <laughs> Fair. Okay. You're just you're you're describing a railgun. Yes, a railgun. Yeah, similar, but uh, you know, again, railgun is a very specific thing. Yeah, charge. There's a, a charge up delay, and then it fires a single bolt. That's that's the the charge rifle. Um, and uh, I loved it as an anti-Titan weapon in Titanfall because I actually hit it. I was terrible at hitting pilots with this thing. The pinning was the best part. And also in 
Half-Life 2. He had the crossbow that would stick dudes to walls. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that was sweet. So we need that feature if we're going to be shooting things. I'm, I'm now running a Google search for, for, for a racer railgun. Oh, what a delightfully 90s design. Oh, it was fabulous. I, if I remember correctly, it was also shot by an EMP or something ridiculous like that because everything was an EMP. It was the Matrix and uh, Seven Oceans Eleven. Oceans Eleven. Oceans yes. Eleven had it. Uh, it was a big plot point in that horrible movie Broken Arrow with was it Christian Slater and mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. John Travolta, I believe, in that movie. Also, there was a modern warfare with a EMP that went off in space yes also i think it may have happened in two at one point just in a city but probably anyway because <laughs> i mean at least batman begins didn't have an emp but that it basically did the same thing it was like an em it was like w. a it was a water emp <laughs> yeah yeah just blew up water and then everyone got hot <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, i i it's it's I could I would love to see the charge rifle come to apex and the l star has it's all but confirmed at this point yeah so should should be making it in at one point or another i expected to see it by now uh, but here we find ourselves not in the game yet but bring it on i like the l star it's a good game. right it's, it, we're based in the titanfall universe in fact while playing through titanfall 2 there was the the apex sort of mercenary gang that you're running into and i'm kind of like oh apex apex rough and tumble people killing each other in arena thing yeah maybe they both are from the same lore I'm honestly surprised we didn't just see more guns just planted in already, ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> They're campaign guns. You know, some guns like aim through walls. And like when you think of Doom, the most recent one, just Doom, you know, there's like shotguns that fire mini missiles and all sorts of cool crap like that that I just love that probably I would never want to have in a multiplayer shooter. Yeah. Um, and so. Before we take the next email, I just want to say uh, that there sometimes there's a fun dichotomy in people writing into podcasts where their email is very serious and brings up some great points that I want to talk about. And yet your name that you sign your email with uh, kind of belies the seriousness uh, of your email. And so with that in mind, I'm going to now continue by saying Reeferoni420 writes in. <laughs> and says my favorite podcast on Spotify right now all caught up now with today's episode well thank you Reeferoni I wanted to touch on the idea of the new Thunderdome being a PvP arena it seems to me that the devs created every location in Kings Canyon so that they could be made into first person shooter standard PvP maps for deathmatch uh, CTF King of the Hill etc while it doesn't seem likely that Respawn would do this uh, do you think they might implement a game mode where the individual locations serve as PvP arena or some kind of race-style battle royale where you are directed from location to location in every checkpoint, the person in last place dies? That last one seems interesting, although people would die rapidly if you were being funneled into the same location over and over again. I don't know how you would do that and make the game last past two or three locations it is interesting unless and you certainly had, i'm trying to think unless you dropped people in multiple corners like you did four squads to four different locations and slowly funneled them towards each other somehow 
they bring up one of the things I think is amazing about Apex and that each of those biodomes I mentioned earlier is unique and ha- really has a flavor to it, even if it comes down to, you know, why doesn't this tarp move when I stand on it in Skulltown? It doesn't matter. It, it's all about levels there. And that's what makes it different from market or what is the, the one that's past runoff that's like Skulltown but long? Oh, um... It's not. I, it's not runoff. I completely forget the name, man. I'm that sorry. That place I die a lot, and I don't like <laughs> with the ravines. Yeah, I'm. I'm pulling up a map real fast. Forget Slum Lakes. Jeez, Slum Lakes. My God, I like Slum Lakes. I've had some really good fights there. The name sounds disappointing. I think I. I, I prefer Slum Lakes if we go to airbase from it and we head north. What I hate is when what? the team we go into Slum Lakes and we end up doing the waterfall trek which just feels awful and open, and then you make it to Cascades that's already looted, and it's just a bad time. Oh, I prefer going from Slum Lakes to Pit and then going through that one weird little structure that's north of Bunker to over to Cascades. I don't like... Okay. Hate, the river is such a terrible place to traverse. I hate... I hate... You know my 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 stance on the river. Right. I mean, my, 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 like, theming in my head is like, waterfall. Waterfalls make noise. I could do this secretive. How cool would that be? But it doesn't really work out. Yeah. Yep. But I do think that this is a cool idea. I am, because perhaps of my childhood in the mountains of New Mexico, uh, which has trees, by the way. Let me just throw that out there for the for the theming in your mind, mental theater picture. There are trees in the mountains. It's not all desert. We played capture the flag up in those woods in the mountains, with rocks exposed and water, you know, coming down the creeks and stuff. And it was bad ass. And every time any game, regardless of what the mode is, is like, we have a capture flag. I'm like, oh my God, yes. And then there's things like World of Warcraft where you're like, oh no, this gets a little weird and complicated and CCs pile on and things get a little wacky. Or if you're talking like vanilla uh, Warsong Gulch, you just have druids do all the running and it's, it's wacky in a different way. Nowadays, it's Cloak of Shadows rogues doing it and whatnot. I am the opposite. I never really enjoyed uh, Capture the Flag in any game except for World of Warcraft. What about Steal the Bacon? Did you ever play that in, like, grade school? No. Steal the Bacon was just Capture the Flag, except for there's three flags in one pile. Oh, I don't uh, know. If I did, I don't remember it. (laughs) It's fun. And I would love Apex to have a Capture the Flag mode. I'm trying to remember what the mode is called in Call of Domination. Domination in Call of Duty is my favorite classic way to play a shooter. Where there's control points, uh, usually typically three, uh, and you have to kind of stand in the zone to take it over. And so you have these yeah. essentially uh, three hot zones where it's a lot more likely a fight is going to break out and areas in between are a little safer to traverse. That reminds me of Battlefield 1942, which was very much about point control. Okay. Yeah, I was never a big Battlefield player. It was more of a Call of Duty First of all, I think Battlefield uh, 1942 had uh, like two songs, but they were all fantastic. It was just a great soundtrack, first of all. Second of all, when you took one of these points, that became your new spawn point. So you felt like you were actually advancing across the map and... Sometimes your spawn point would start out on a battleship and just fly planes around like, you know, computer game dummies and 
crash into land and stuff. And it was great. Uh, but there's one feature of it that would not fly at all in today's modern game sphere, which I think is hilarious. It used to just go, someone left the other side. This match is meant to be even. Boop, just, we're just going to pick you up and move you to the other team. Yeah, I mean, would it? it's fine as long as you're obviously not grouped with friends. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Right, if you're just having fun and you just want to kill and, and have a good time. In fact, I really enjoyed it because sometimes you'd be dominating across the map and then to do an auto, you know, organization and mm-hmm. you end up on the defense. And I always enjoyed defense more when it comes to these things. So pushing back was more fun again. And I get to be on the winning side for a bit then defend. And it was a great solo experience in 2000. What? I probably got these dates wrong in my head. Probably like three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not too sure, but um, and it's, it's specifically to to Reef's points here, like, uh, I could see them doing something like this in a different type of like brawl or like fun mode where there, you know, there's what's there's the arcade and Overwatch and there's brawl and things like Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm and even World of Warcraft now, but these these fun game modes that kind of shift in and out, they they kind of just have some fun with what they can do within their engine. Um, not game modes I personally enjoy, but clearly there are players out there that do like them. So that's where I would, I would see this happening. Um, I just can't see Apex leaning towards more traditional FPS deathmatch. They already did that with Titanfall, and frankly, I'd, if they did that, I would rather go play Titanfall. I think Titanfall Two has the best, more traditional FPS deathmatch that I have ever played. I think that. Battle Royale is the natural evolution of Deathmatch. And the reason why we wouldn't do it is because we go backwards. It was very random. And why break that randomness when we already have such a random mode that facilitates this, this feeling, uh, this reward center that we're getting better with these new, if you want, like high-calorie matches. Yeah, we can all go back to you know, bread every day and maybe stealing an egg from a, from a, you know, a nest. But we got cheeseburgers, so let's just keep eating cheeseburgers at this point. Uh, let me introduce one more idea to you. And this is actually one that uh, comes from, you could call it two-headed giant, but it's 2v2 chess. And I always, I love 2v2 chess. It is awesome. Whenever you take a piece uh, from the enemy side, you put it in a pool, and the other player may use their turn, your teammate, to place that on their half of the board. So if you take the queen your ally could end up with two queens. I've never played this, but I, it recently uh, I was made aware of it uh, with a, an interview with some Hearthstone pros, and one of the pros said that they would like to see a mode like this out of the Hearthstone. Yeah, uh, sounded very... where you like facilitate someone else's hand. So, so wh- how would you apply this to Apex Legends? The way I would do it would be another way to spawn in these sort of games. By taking out an enemy player, who's in, you can get someone out of your jail in that way. Interesting. A, a different way fun. to respawn because the danger of getting to the box, running to the beacon might not facilitate everybody's fantasies. I love it. I think it's a dangerous move. I think the respawn beacons are put in very aggressive spots, of course, where the airship can be seen. It increases the danger. You're being squirrely. The weird thing about this is... The problem we have in things like MOBAs where it's the difference between team fighting and farming. 
And one is a farm activity that's going to facilitate a very different kind of player base than the people who really want to shoot each other all the time. And maybe that's why we're seeing such a weird issue with people leaving so quickly because it's boring to be down. Or what I had happened to me two days ago where we won a team fight. I was down crawling, bleeding out, and my teammates were all looting the entire time. They, they, they geared up on all of this, these piles of five boxes around us from this big, long team fight. And I'm dying on the ground, eventually having to you know, ping the ground. I, you know, I, I want to be, be good. I want to be a good teammate and be like, oh, you're going you're gonna to come get me. But they're not. And I nearly die. And they finally come over and res me up. And there's nothing left in the box. I got no ammo, no armor. I mean, I don't think we necessarily need to completely change the way the game and its respawn mechanics works because some people are just jerks. But sure, um, yeah, it could be a fun additional game mode. And, and, and Apex just seems kind of ready for something like this. Uh, PUBG, I remember when they added, I believe it was just called War. They had a war event and they added this mode called War, which had respawning. Uh, the zone was like set to a fixed size. It was very small. You would all drop into the same kind of general area and just have it out. And it felt more like a traditional deathmatch, but you still had like the looting mechanics of PUBG. And it was fun as hell. Uh, they probably still bring it in and out. I haven't played in a while, but um, I remember when it was added, I was just like respawn and PUBG. I don't know if this is going to work, but it was really fun. Um, and some of the uh, multiple events that they've had in PUBG that I have played, I've really liked. They have some massive team size events where you go in with just huge teams versus another huge team. And it's just bananas. Uh, and I'd like to see some stuff like that brought into Apex. It could be uh, really interesting. And bringing up something like that. Those are the comeback moments for players, because I have a lot of friends who just haven't touched this game since its initial heyday who want to play again. And when they see me playing, they go, hey, Kyle's playing that game we used to have fun in. I would love to join him, but I feel like I'm going to ruin his experience. And as wacky and ridiculous, and I know both of us as players, a brawl sort of mode is just like, no, pass. I want to get good, son. Those sort of events might facilitate returns. Yeah, it it needs some kind of casual re-entry, I think, to Apex. So, yeah, but thank you for your email. I'm just going to call you Reef. <laughs> thank you, Marty. Keep them coming. AmoveTV at gmail.com or join the Discord over at bit.ly slash Discord and drop us messages in there. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Kyle, where can everybody find you when you're not talking to Apex Legends? You can find me over at twitch.tv slash Kyle Ferguson, where I am now sprinkling in a little Magic the Gathering into my week. It's a, a healthy little you know, dusting of some magic games. Sweet. We should, uh, uh, I've been been wanting to get back to auto chess. We should sprinkle in a little duo Q auto chess into our week. Oh, I got to do some research. If I'm going to keep up with you, you, you grabbed onto that thing. I'm crap. I'm complete crap. They update that game like crazy. I don't know how you win anymore. We're, (laughs) we're kind of back on the same level. All right. All right. Sounds fair. Yeah. We can get in there and suck together and we're going to have a great time. Perfect. Um, you know what I played last night for the first time? Hmm. Dead by Daylight. Really? Yeah. That thing's got an eSport and all sorts of followings. It's uh, genius. It's a genius game. I screamed like a little girl. Uh, it terrified me to my core, and uh, I'm interested. <laughs> it's, it's like it's a 1v4, isn't it? It's a 1v4, yeah. It's an asymmetrical game. How fascinating. 
particularly after what was it now? It was two years, three years ago already that Evolve came out. Yeah, yeah. And I played five games last night. I didn't win once, and I was always a survivor. So like the killers were killing us dead. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm my my interest has been peaked for sure. It's a very cool game. Also, I'm just a horror movie fan, and they're getting all these licenses for all your favorite slasher film killers. So. Sure. Well, even the ones they make up, like the uh, like the tomb priestess, that makes you vomit. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. Uh, it's a very cool game. We should we should try it sometime. But, uh, anyways, folks, I'm Garrett Art on Twitter. If you want to follow me on there, all the shows, including this one, can be found at amove.tv. Currently, uh, resurrecting embrace of spoilers for a short stint to spoil Game of Thrones. And let's talk about Star Wars is back as a weekly podcast. So go subscribe to Let's Talk About Star Wars. Everything else is at amove.tv. Check it out. Plenty of podcasts for you. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next time, good luck and have fun, everyone. Take care. Take care.